Welcome to Selling the Naked Truth. Welcome back to Selling the Naked Truth. I'm your host, Susan. And I am Jason. And we're so happy to have you guys with us today. We have been getting a lot of great feedback from the last podcast, which was the comeback is always stronger than the setback. And so we thought it would be a good idea to do a part two of that on the last episode. You know, I talked uh, exclusively and I didn't mean to kind of like take over the whole podcast, but it was specifically about some of my setbacks. Mm -hmm. And this time we're going to talk about a setback that you had. Yeah. So yeah, I thought I would share today with you guys my worst day ever, my worst setback, but how I was able to turn that into a comeback. And I've had a lot of you guys reach out to me and just say that it's been motivational and inspirational for you guys to hear these stories. And so we're going to keep them coming for you. We don't ever want to just drop doom and gloom on you. We want to share like tangible tips and lessons learned. Mm-hmm. And we just want to share stories of hope. So whatever it is that you're going through right now with this economy, with your your business or um, career, we just want you to know that there is there is another way to get to the other side. Of course. Yeah. And so um, I'll just kind of set the stage that um, my worst day ever was um, about, let's see, five years after I opened my first salon location. So going into that endeavor, my goal was to open three locations in five years and to franchise. And within two and a half years of opening my first location, business was booming. And I thought that we were at max capacity turns out we weren't but that was when we um, ended up growing into a second location into a space that was just three miles away from the first one but um, a very unique space well hang on i mean we used to sit on a patio and you used to daydream about like pointing to that specific space and say that one day is going to be mine mm-hmm. and i remember and we frequented that patio, not like saying that we're luscious or anything, but we frequented that patio just so that you could kind of look mm-hmm. at it and daydream about it. And it was one of those vision boarding type things mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. And so, you know, we ended up in that location. And, and truthfully, I remember our first day that we were open, we were we did more in revenue at that location than we did at the flagship location. And it was... Um, pretty incredible. And I thought, man, this is going to be a slam dunk. This is going to be so easy. Right. right. And, um, fast forward. I, that too, I, <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is incredible. You yeah. know, we just <laughs> duplicated and, and ultimately, I mean, it was a lot of hard work because going from one location to two locations is challenging. You're, you're now having to split your time. And even though we had like assistant managers for each location and then an overall manager, I was still micromanaging and holding a lot of responsibility to myself. I was also working in the business, seeing clients. And for us, client um, client acquisition wasn't ever really an issue. It was um, hiring and maintaining a team of licensed professionals. And so that's why the setback that happened was so um, impactful to not only like our current day life when it happened, but also to um, the lessons that I learned and the person and business owner that I became from it. I mean, the interesting part is, is there are businesses all today that are experiencing what you experienced six years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, to find the right people 
to keep the right people motivated, to keep the staff going in the right direction, to make sure the ship is moving the direction that you set forth. Mm-hmm. Businesses right now are complaining about it, but you were experiencing that six years ago. So in hindsight, it's kind of nice to be able to go back and talk about this so that it's something that people today are are going to be experiencing. And then when we come out of this COVID-19 economy crash, how are they going to rehire? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, for me... Um, So my setback happened in June, but in January of that year, I really started feeling, um, started, there was like an inner voice that was saying, maybe you shouldn't re-sign your lease here. And the reason why is because you and I, you, you came on to work in my business when, uh, we opened the second location and our identity had started to get skewed. So our married identity got eclipsed by our work identity. And we reached a place where that's all we talked about was work. And on top of that, we were dealing with infertility. On top of that, I was like having heart palpitations and anxiety. And I was not sleeping at night. I was busying myself and I was just obsessed with growing the businesses. And now what I able to look back and see is that obsession and that, um, energy that I was putting out there really trickled down through my organization and it created a team culture that was pretty much like a ticking time bomb. Mm. And so in January of that year, I re-signed the lease and then here we reached June and you and I were going to take our first vacation ever. God, it was so needed. Yeah. And it was going to be our first like non-work related, non-family related vacation, just the two of us. And this was back before kids. And we left on that vacation and I was just stressed the whole time. I remember my stomach was upset. I drank too much the first day. Oh my gosh. Like I, I just that. was, I was, I was, I was really stressed out. And Ultimately, what happened was when I when we came back from our vacation, which wasn't a vacation at all, um, because I, I talked to you the whole time and I just had a feeling something was getting ready to happen. And when we got back and got into customs, I pulled out my phone. I had withdrawn from looking at email the whole whole time. And even though I thought about it, I pull my phone out and I read this email from our manager, an updates email that was like a gut punch. And ultimately, the update was the day that we left town for our trip, within 30 minutes, an hour of us leaving, we had pretty much our entire Old Town location um, quit, (laughs) give resignations. And that was a gut punch because it was just like in one moment, it felt like it was all taken away because we were a people service business. And so if we didn't have people to service people, we didn't have a business. And I know that it was one of those things that I spent about a week just kind of ruminating on, you know, what the options were. The option, option A was I work 80 hours a week. I see clients and train people in the process to rebuild a team. That's already what you were doing. (laughs) Right. So I was basically going to double down on my workload, which in my head back then I thought, oh, that's possible. You can do that. You know, I think everything's possible, but that would, it would have been impossible. I mean, Mm -hmm. it would have been impossible. And then my second option was to go to my landlord and say, Hey, what are my options for getting out of this lease? 
And they told me, listen, real estate is really hot in Old Town right now. We probably can have this thing rented out within the month. Mm. And that was like, that right there was was enough for me to go, oh, cool. This is my out. Like, we'll merge back into one location. Mm, People are probably going to talk about me. I mean, of course, there were a lot of concerns that I had and a lot of fears over making that decision. Um, I was worried, what will people say? Will they think I'm a failure? Will my other business survive because of this? And ultimately, we made the decision to merge back into one location and close the doors of that location. Mm -hmm. And it was a difficult few weeks. I mean, just as hard as we worked to open that location, we worked equally as hard to close the location, (laughs) liquidating everything that was in there and closing that up. And I I remember spending so much time in that building, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, me personally, just like, you know, taking everything down and trying to get everything Mm -hmm. set up. I mean, that was, there was a lot there. It wasn't like just throw it in a box. You had to categorize everything and get it ready. But anyway, go ahead. Well, I think part of, part of that situation for me was up until that point, I hadn't really had any humble pie yet. <laughs> I pretty much everything that I went for in life and tried for, you know, I I nailed it or it wasn't a big deal, you know. Um, and this was the first time where that that pursuit of perfectionism caught up with me. And I remember the first thing that I knew I had to do was go address my team. Well, I mean, first off, I think that you had to address yourself. Excuse me. Like, remember, I sat on the on the sideline and watched, you know, and the very first thing you had to do is realize that there is nothing in life that's perfect. And you had to take that and actually digest it. Well, that I honestly, I'll disagree and tell you that that was that unfolded over many months afterwards. Um, in that moment, for me, it was like, okay, put your game face on, and you have to own up to the mistakes that you've made here and where you're at. Like, you have to own this. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, that started with addressing my team. And I remember going into, um, I remember going into our Saturday pre-shift with my head down. Mm-hmm. And just saying to them, this is what's going on. And um, you're almost tearful now. I know. Like I ultimately what happened was I had to get vulnerable. I had to show them the human side of Susan, not the side that was like obsessed and charging forward with um, this big brand. But the side of me that, that felt like a failure in that moment but that also was the leader for them. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, the best way for me to lead was with heart. Mm-hmm. And so I remember going in and talking to them and finally looking up at all of their faces and they had tears in their eyes. They were so moved by my vulnerability to come forward and say, this is what we have to do. And I need you now more than ever, mm-hmm. you know? And it was on that day, actually, that I I look back and like to think that at the time I was an accidental leader. And on that day, the intentional leader in me was born. And that was a day that the journey into like leadership Mm -hmm. really started for me and um, knowing what that's about. Right. 
I think another part of it that was really human was having to face my fears. And, you know, a couple of my fears were what if this impacts us financially and what will people say about me? What if people think I'm a failure? Okay. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I'm chuckling there just for the fact that, you know, we'll always figure it out financially. Every one of us, not just you and me. I mean, every one of us will figure it out financially. Right. Well, I share this part of the story because my fears did come true. And sure. I was able to face fear in a different way because the the space in Old Town that the landlord was so convinced they would have rented out in a month wasn't. And mm. you and I ended up paying expenses on that space for six months. Rent and expenses. Six months. Yes. Six months after we closed the doors, we were still paying, um, astronomical amount insurance, basically insurance, rent, you know, expenses on that space, which basically meant I forfeited a paycheck for six months. Yeah. And so that was one of my fears and it came true and we survived it. Well, I mean, in that, yes, of course. And like I said, everybody that has a will and a determination, when you get knocked down, you get back up and you keep going. Mm -hmm. Well, another fear that I had is what will people say about me? And I actually had a former disgruntled employee publicly just ripped me to shreds. The The local newspaper, um, they published an article when we opened. They published an article when we closed our doors. And she was the first one there to show up and write all kinds of nasty things about me online. And it was another gut punch. Like, it was another level of a gut punch. And it hurt so bad. But I also was able to see past it and see that she was also a hurt person that was just forcing, you know, she was just projecting onto me. But the lesson that I learned again was that I survived it. <laughs> like I reached a new level of, um, you know, forcing things to roll off my back in that. Right. I mean, it's like, sorry, just like kind of the analogy of, of getting scraped up and banged up and then you scar and heal and mm -hmm. right. And then you get past it and then, yeah, the scars are a little more noticeable but at the same time people ask you what happened there where yeah. what how'd you do this well you know? and then you can turn it around I mean I think yeah, about how how many times I've shared you know that story in coaching sessions or when people have asked me how do you deal with um with critics I think of that I mean I've had mm -hmm. other critics in my life but now I'm able to speak to that with authority because I survived it right so I think the thing that happened in that situation though is that, you know, the lessons that I learned, I think is what I wanted to share with you guys. And one of the first lessons that I learned is I, I learned to become self-aware. I began to study um, my actions and how they impacted other people. And I got to see how my energy is a big energy for a lot of people. And in my business, um, I started to understand at that point why people would be scared of me at certain times. You know, if I came through like a cyclone on a war path with on a mission, not that I was ever mean to anybody, but no. when I was in my agenda and on my mission, you were short or yeah. curt, mm -hmm. not that you were rude. Just it was, it was Susan's a freight train, uh, either hang on tight or, <laughs> or get bucked off. Right. I mean, yeah. that, that kind of was the, and that was kind of your philosophy for a while until you realized that, that this new 
um, side that you were so scared to show everybody, the human side, once you started showing that, you actually realized that like you attracted more bees with honey or flies with honey or whatever the saying is. Yeah, I think I believed for so long that um, to be a strong, successful businesswoman, and remember, I had a lot to prove. I'm just a college dropout. I don't have a formal degree with big fancy credentials. I just was somebody that worked in the industry as a licensed professional and thought that I could do it better, and so I went and did it. So for me, this idea that I had of what a strong, successful businesswoman was was actually not it. I mean, what I learned is that you can be soft and strong at the same time. Of course. You can be vulnerable. You can have heart. You can lead with heart. So that was a really important um, lesson that I learned. And another really important lesson that I learned in being self-aware is is to listen to your body. And I talk about this a lot in my coaching, too. Our body sends us cues all the time Mm -hmm. that will override what's in our head. And my head during that time was saying, just charge forward, stay the course, three locations in five years, just do it. But my body was saying, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And it was coming out in, I mean, upset stomachs, um, anxiety, heart palpitations, infertility, health, you know, like just health across the board. Um, and I didn't listen to well, it. Well, I mean, not to, I mean, I guess we're getting personal. Our marriage was starting to suffer mm-hmm. in that time too, because, you know, when Susan starts to feel out of control, she controls more. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, what you were doing was trying to control everything around you instead of saying, I can't do this. I need help. And, you know, it wasn't until you realized that you needed help and raised your hand for help when we all, your staff, myself, mm-hmm. everybody around you, joined in and really helped boost you up. Yeah, it's true. <clears throat> I think another thing that I that I was reminded of in that time, and you know, when I opened my business, it was always about the people. I mean, mm-hmm. it truly at the root of it always was. And the girl who ripped me apart on online, her comment was that all I cared about was money. And that really hurt because it wasn't true. But looking back, I could see how that was the perception because when you are a business owner that is carrying that kind of overhead and liability, you have to care about numbers. Like you, right. ha- you have to. Um, and so I think a big part of the change that took place and the lessons that I learned during that time is it's people over profits always. And I learned, I learned basically how to kind of reconnect with that. And during that time, I really had to put my money where my mouth was because the message that we put out to our clients was we are all about self care and work life balance. And we promote these pampering services every day, but behind the scenes, we haven't been living that, that philosophy. And so work-life balance is now something that's really important. We ended up um, not being open seven days a week like we had since the day we opened. We started to close on Sundays, which made us unique. It set us apart from our competitors. And um, we basically had to let go of like some cash flow by making that decision. But ultimately what it did is it boosted the morale of the team. It really... um, 
was in alignment with that work-life balance culture that we were now trying to pour into. And it was received really well. From everyone. I mean, your clientele, your your staff. I mean, your staff actually took a deep breath and said, okay, she's listening. Yeah. You know? And yeah. then I, I exited the business at that time too, yeah, you know? Yeah. So like, you know, what used to be a, a, a portion of what I did went away. So they didn't feel that pressure of sell, 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 you know? Well, it also gave us our marriage uh, <laughs> identity back, sure. which, you know, took a little time. But I remember it was just like a couple weeks after we had closed the doors on the old town location and cleared everything out that I... I had my moment and I called up my hiking buddy and we planned a track to the top of one of our 14ers here in Colorado, a 14,000 foot mountain for those of you guys that don't know. And I went and climbed Mount Quandry, a mountain that I had tried to climb years earlier and gotten altitude sickness on. And it just felt like the right time to go climb a mountain. And that's what I did. And I just remember standing on the top of that mountain two weeks after we liquidated that business standing at 14,000 feet on a Monday with 360 degree views and thinking, man, this was the right decision. I now get to reconnect with the life and the reason why I moved to Colorado, which was for outdoor adventures. And we weren't doing that stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that was like the exclamation point moment for me standing on top of that mountain and having that moment. And, um, and then everything was really uphill from there. I mean, as you know, business is up, down, up, down. It's not linear and success. But the comeback for us was that year, our team was closer than ever. The The team morale was incredible. Um, our We finished that year with our best year, year yeah. to date. Yeah. And um, it was all of a sudden manageable. I mean, we went from 80-hour uh, work weeks to 40-hour work weeks. Mm. We did. Yeah. In fact, I even had a couple 30-hour work weeks where you were like, are you okay with this? I remember those <laughs> conversations. I was like, I'm really good with it. <laughs> I mean, these, these things right now, these setbacks that we're seeing today are all things that are manageable. And what we are trying to get at through this podcast today is don't allow this economic setback, this, you know, virus setback change your direction just have it change your business yeah you know change your business evolve from this there's no better time to start working in your business um when you get back but work on your business now you know well and i think here's something that i think is really important and that is when you are working in the daily operations every single day sometimes you're not paying attention to everything that's happening and so right now i want you to do two things okay because most people are either on stay-at-home orders or they're the doors of their business are closed right now until until we get the go-ahead to open them right so there's two things that i want you to do right now one is any goals that you had set for the year they might be off track now. And so one of the most important things that I did when I had my setback was I redefined what success was because success, if you remember, was three locations within five years, charge forward, franchise, you're going to build a beauty business empire. Well, all of a sudden, when I redefined success, because what I set for success definition five years earlier was very different Mm -hmm. when all of a sudden you and I wanted a family 
we were married, we wanted a family, you know, all these other things that we wanted. And so when I redefined success at that time, it looked more like freedom and flexibility and profits Mm -hmm. and not like this big empire. So if you're in this right now, I want you to do that. I want you to redefine what success is for you. And the definition might be different. And honestly, moving forward, it's smart for us to do that every year to revisit what success means to us because that definition can change as our life changes. Well, I mean, you could do it quarterly as well. You could do it you know, quarterly as well. And that would probably enable you to adjust, alter, benefit, and not compromise your overall goal, but yes. be more fluid. Second thing that I want you to do is I want you to evaluate what the blind spots in your business are. So now that you're not in there in the daily operations every day, mm-hmm. you're able this to ha- huge. yeah you're able to have a little bit more clarity and a little bit better uh, sight of what that is. Now, if you have a brick and mortar store, I would go in and stand in your space and literally look at your physical space. Mm-hmm. But you also want to think about the blind spots that that are that you can't you know that aren't physically seen and it's it's really something that i think right now where we have time it's smart to do and address those blind spots you know yeah i mean there's no better time to ask for help as well i mean when you are in your business and you're not working on your business there's so many of us just get tunnel vision Mm -hmm. and we keep going and going like you were Mm -hmm. you just sign another lease right but maybe ask for help earlier so that you're not closing the second location stores yeah you know you're not doing what you could have changed if you just asked for help like get those mentors get those people that are going to be able to benefit you to get you out of your mundane you know life Mm -hmm. and get you to the next level i mean what do we always say level up and Grow, grow, level up and grow. And I'm going to share this with you guys and then we'll wrap up. But this is something that I haven't even shared with Jason, but I did the math on what that, what that mistake, what that lesson cost me. (laughs) It's a lesson. Yeah, it was a lesson and not listening to my gut, not coming out of autopilot and really looking at my business operations from an aerial view that year cost me $40,000. That was the mis- that was the lesson that year that that I made, and so I want to kind of use this moment to share that if you are wanting to avoid mistakes, if you are wanting to bypass thousands of dollars in lessons learned and um, in time spent, then reach out. That's yeah. that's what we both do, and that's what we both do every day. Yeah, and so I do a lot of coaching with businesses, and I knew that when I sold my salon last year, that I wanted to help other business owners um, bypass some of those things that create burnout and overwhelm, and um, just share those costly lessons that I learned with other people. So, um, yeah. We're here for you. And you know what, guys? It doesn't have to be us. Go out and find your mentor. Yeah. Go out and find the person that's going to help you level up and grow. We talk about level up and grow, level up and grow. It's something that if you aren't doing and you're stagnant, your business is going to fail. Truthfully. Yeah, 100%. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode today. We hope it was helpful. Um, we're sending so much love to you guys out there. We're all going to get through this. Things are already feeling better to me and the fog is lifting and I can see like the comeback is upon us. So if this episode um, was helpful, we hope that you'll share it with somebody that you know and leave us a review. It always makes our day when we get to read those. Thanks, guys. Thanks, you guys. 
today's episode helped to motivate and inspire you, then please take a moment to leave us a five-star review. It would mean the world to us as we continue to grow this Selling the Naked Truth community. Of course, you can always find us the old-fashioned way at sellingthenakedtruth.com or at our Instagram handles. Jason can be found at Selling the Naked Truth on the gram, and Susan can be found at Dame and Heart. 